Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, you darn right you're listening to Rabot and Co. here, ESPN 680 1057, Tuesday edition of the show. We'll get you through the week here on ESPN 680 1057. We're ahead of Bob Valvano, and then, of course, Roundtable 3 o'clock. Another person who hosts a show at 3 o'clock is a man named Mark Ennis. He's over on 93.9 on the drive, joins me for the 10 o'clock hour, as he always does on Tuesdays. Mark, good morning. I hear. Uh, you are picking up uh, children in the 11 o'clock hour. It is that week, is it not, my friend? That's what this week is for. <laughs> I'm it's, uh, and I'm, I'm really, like, they're old enough to be where I'm really doing, like, the chauffeur thing yes, right. often. Right. Uh, and it's it's one of them good problems to have. That's exactly right. They're going to get in the car and not acknowledge that you exist. That's right. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is what it is. How was your day? Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> That'll be the, uh, the depth of the conversation there. That's mm-hmm. right. My... Uh, I'm the early riser at our house. I do a lot of the uh, the pre, uh, you know, the getting ready for school stuff around our house. And my wife uh, had to pop up because she she signed up like an idiot to be the coordinator of the gift cards for the teachers at school. Oh boy! So she had to handle the the, the Venmo from at least forty different people just to and then move the money and buy the gift cards. And I I just <clears throat> I love her very much. But I also advise her not to do it next year. <laughs> you got to protect the peace. That's exactly right. I'm like, love you. You're not used to getting up this early. This is, <laughs> this is too early. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Mark Ennis with us. At Mark Ennis on Twitter. You can go find him uh, over there. I mean, the obvious, the obvious starting point is with Louisville basketball. They get the win against Pepperdine on Sunday. And, and I made the comparison yesterday, uh, Mark, to when John L. Smith had made the move to Michigan State. Uh, it wasn't going well. Uh, he would start the seasons very, very well. I remember one year he started six and zero and finished uh, finished six and six, for example, at Michigan State. Um, or no, he started five and zero and then finished five and seven. That's what it was. And and look, I remember. God, I remember Drew. Uh, Drew. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I not Drew Henson? Not Drew Neitzel. Um, boy, oh boy, I'll come up with it. Uh, was that quarterback? They put up sixty six points in a game in uh, Champaign against uh, the University of Illinois, like fourth game of the year. And I remember thinking, man, they're going for They're going to play forever. They had just won at Notre Dame. It was just going to go. It just didn't work Drew out for Stanton. Him. Drew Stanton, yes, thank you. One of the yes. smartest people ever just sat on that that backup quarterback 
check in the NFL for at least 12 years. I oh, mean, just the, the, the Chase yeah. Daniel plan. Oh, 100%. Yeah, without the wins. Yeah. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> and so, it just, and then it comes up, he wins a game against Northwestern in which they were trailing 38-3. to And there was all of this hope that he was going to mm-hmm. turn it around. And I remember just talking with a friend, and a friend of mine just looked at me and he goes, Dude, he sucks. It's not working. <laughs> it just who cares about Northwestern? F- two and five Northwestern. They stink. And I said yesterday, I'll give you of France credit. I haven't seen a single person take away from Pepperdine that this is turned around or that this is going in the right way. Uh, did you learn anything in the Pepperdine game? The only thing I think you you can say that you learned is that it is possible for a game for Brandon Humley Hatfield to try to be a bully. Right. Like I, right. I do think he did that. And maybe one of the only times, and, and I want everyone listening to understand how hard we have to work for this. Right. right. But this is one of the only times in Kenny's year and, and almost a year and a half as the head coach here where it felt like they played an opponent and had an obvious plan of attack and used it and stuck with it and deployed it and it was successful they wanted to get basically the ball to Hatfield every single possession that he was out there. Yep. And they kind of did. Yep. And they bullied Pepperdine that way. But there have been so few times it almost became – it almost becomes the exception that proves the rule. That like, yes, they did it for a game. Where has this been? Uh, and does anyone uh, think that this is the sort of thing that will carry forward? They certainly haven't given you any reason to think that this is something that, like, now this is the state of things and we'll carry it forward and try to build on it to something else. It's just – this is what happened in the Pepperdine game. We will see what happens in the next game. Mark Ennis with us, uh, as he is every Tuesday during this hour. I, You know, I think Huntley Hatfield is the perfect example of the pain era, where you look at the guy, you, you, he's got he's got the build, he's got the the obvious, all of the, the modern basketball things that you want, right, uh, from a guy, you know, and then it just doesn't yeah. translate to the games, right? And there's something about about that with the guys on this team where it just seems so difficult to make the transition from whatever positive things we hear about practice and how well it's run and this is what he's emphasizing and he's doing this and he's doing this and then they get on the court during a game and it simply does not translate and and I think Huntley Hatfield is that kind of guy I will pose an impossible question to you young Mark Ennis I'm ready how much better or worse is Huntley Hatfield with any other head coach uh, I think he's probably about the same. Okay, because I don't, I don't really know that he's a lot different than what he was at Tennessee. You know, as a freshman, uh, it, Brandon's problems are not uh, his challenges. I guess I'm not trying to be like overly critical of him. I, sure. I just, when you think about him, primarily his issues are between the ears no and in the chest cavity. Yep. It's about aggressiveness. It's about toughness, mental toughness, uh, and that sort of thing. And that that's not technical he doesn't like have poor form on on things you know like that sort of thing it's about a mentality Uh, i think kenny uh, arrived at louisville with the reputation of being able to draw that out of people uh, and he has not been able to do that uh, since he's been here but for an afternoon for an afternoon in the um center he did get hunley hatfield to play that way for once and you bring up tennessee and it's no one i mean we can clown rick barnes for lots of reasons but it's not no one clowns him because he can't coach at all, right? That's not that's not what we're talking about. And because about he at can't all. get tough tough guys to play physical either. Like they right. he's good at that. Right. Yeah, though no, that's the other yeah. part of this. So yeah, for sure. I um Carter Knox visits on Sunday. He's there with his parents. Um 
I was saying to Zach yesterday, the good thing about Sunday was uh, Carter had a lot of leg room. Um, you know, for tall guys in stadiums, no sometimes. lines of the concession stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, it was very, um, very navigable game, if you will. Uh, still waiting back on that FOIA request. Um, does that mean anything to you? Does a five star visit on on a Sunday mean anything to you? No. Or we? It doesn't. Okay, why? No, no, because it's cool, and everyone I think sort of recognizes this. How many people, even if Louisville was doing great, truly believe? Like, let's just say Louisville had one. All the games they should have won, and they're like seven and three right now. How many people truly, in their heart of hearts, believe that Cardinal's going to come here and knock Kentucky, where right. his brother already went, et cetera? Like, no, almost no one believes that. Now, Louisville basically on the precipice of, of firing Kenny. Uh, this guy is going to come on the visit now, and he comes to a visit when they beat Pepperdine in front of probably 3,100 people or so. Uh, and we're supposed to believe that he's going to commit. But here's the bigger problem. What if he commits? Right, right. So what? Uh, Trenton Flowers was committed too. Uh, and what if he commits and shows up? Some of these other guys were pretty highly rated and haven't really done much of anything either. Mm. Like no one believes he solves any of the problems because Kenny's problems don't reach the players. They're him. Uh, it, so like he could get four or five-star guys committed and you would still be very, very, very suspicious uh, that it won't make much of a difference when they are on the floor. Just think about how many times this year they've played somebody where they have an obvious, uh, overwhelming talent advantage and have not won those games or have been extremely fortunate to win those games. Right. If you're telling me like on a regular basis he's going to have teams that are more talented, it doesn't solve the problem. And so to me it didn't mean anything. And I really feel like for all of the talk of, of Kenny being a nice guy and for caring about the kids first and that sort of thing, this felt very cynical to mm-hmm. me, the visit. This felt like he has a good relationship with that family and that they're doing him a favor and he's using Carter Knox as kind of a, uh, a human shield you know, for, for criticism and trying to sort of stave off what seems like kind of an imminent firing. I was very put off by the whole thing. And, and again, it just shows... Where has this been? Like, if you can get Carter Knox to visit, like, but they have no one committed. They have no one signed. Well, they have one person committed. Nobody signed, you know, for next year. This just, it felt very transparent what that was. Plus, if you, if you're a a young, you know, if you're a high school kid and you watch Louisville this year, why would you come here as a high school student? Right? And he doesn't play, he's not playing the freshman the way that, that people at least are clamoring for, right? There seems to be a desire to at least, hey, look, the wins might not be there. The, the play level might not be there. Let's just see what the young guys got, right? And and if you're a young you know, high school player, I don't know how you could look at this team and think, oh, yeah, he's going to play me. He's not going to go into the portal and get someone right on top of you know whatever it is, uh, whatever position uh, I play. I just – that part is, is very frustrating. All right, so after the game, he was asked some questions about, you know, talking to Josh Hurd and his job status, and, and I – one of the exchanges, I think it was Mike James. Someone asked him, "Hey, have you talked to Josh Hurd?" And James's response was something like, "That's not appropriate for this press conference." We talked about that yesterday. Was that Mike James? Mark, I want to make sure that I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it, was. it was. By the way, I want to say again, a repeat of yesterday, but two things. Number one, that's an appropriate question for the setting, and number two, that's an appropriate response for the setting. Right? Absolutely. So both of totally those things can be both. true. Yeah, total. Yep. Both yep. of those can be true. Um, that's the job that we have, but that's also, if a kid wants to defer, I think it's totally reasonable to do that as well. Um, the idea, though, that, that Hurd didn't talk to Kenny about his job status, do you buy that part, and is that simply just an approach by Hurd, or is there a true 
is is what Payne sort of alluded to true, where there is more of a concern about how do we get this going with who's already here, or is this more of a it's more semantics to the at this point. I mean, I think it is an important semantic difference. Uh, I have a hard, I think Josh is experienced enough uh, and smart enough to know. Like, you don't go into Mike James and be like, "All right, Mike, I'm thinking about firing Kenny. What do you think?" Like, there's there's no way that's how that conversation went. I think what you're trying to do is just gather what their experience and what their their feeling or like their sort of their opinion of how things are going and what the issues are. Uh, And more than anything else, I think what you're probably doing is just sort of trying to feel them out, feel him out, and you're listening for things that are red flags. I think more than anything else, that's how that conversation goes. You're not – I don't think he's going in there trying to be persuaded one way or the other by what Mike James has to say. I think what you do is you go in there listening for things that make you say, okay, it can't persist any further. If if you get the idea that the players are suffering – if they feel if if the players are uh, neglected, you know, if it feels like things are being left off that the coaches ought to be doing, you know, th- then what happens is you have to make your coaching change because you have to do something for their sake, and, and I I think that's how that conversation goes. I don't think you go in there and say like, hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if I should fire him or not, and I just want to give you a chance to wait. Like, right. there's no way right. in on earth it went like that. But finding out, like, you know. Do you feel like they're, they're dialed? Do you still believe in him? I think it, I think it's an appropriate thing to ask there. You know, I'm I'm worried that after Arkansas State, it looks like you guys maybe quit on him. What, what do you think happened out there? Like, I think that's okay, right? Uh, because then I think you're sort of doing it for their benefit, which is why is what I always have thought would be the reason you make a coaching change now is if it feels like it's the only thing that will bring some relief hmm. to to the players who will. I mean, what was the, so much of the conversation after the game on Sunday was about the booing following the Arkansas State game, right? And the fact that uh, the players felt like said that you know that I heard that booing and I never want to feel that again. And then Kenny was like, "Well, they were booing me." And I've always said this, you know, when you're down there where the boos are landing, no one can tell who you're aiming at. That's right. It's just booing. Yeah, you know, right. you, you, booing is booing. Uh, and I, I do worry about this if there if there is some sort of feeling that they're just going to sort of ride this out. Uh, it's only going to ratchet up uh, the the intensity aimed at Kenny uh, if they continue to struggle, especially after uh, what what will most likely be a very lopsided game against Kentucky. It's going to get very, very, very ugly uh, if he if he's still there, you know, going forward after that Kentucky game. Mark Ennis with us at Mark Ennis on Twitter. He'll be on the drive today, three to six on ninety three nine The Ville. Uh, there are people in the media here that 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 lobbied openly uh for kenny Payne to get the job and they are um it is it is it's amazing to watch in my opinion mark those people really holding on (laughs) at this point and being very fervent in how they feel uh with a guy who's essentially nine in the rest of his games um have you ever done that for a coach no no i I can't i was trying to remember too and i don't think i have yeah no yeah i can't think of one that i was just like i'm going down with the ship for a guy but but that's because i don't care about them as people you know like i am they are football coaches they are basketball coaches they're not pastors they're not mentors they're not godparents right you know they're not relatives they're not any of those things and i i do not say that just to be clear it, as as if to say that I do not care about what they do as people. Sure. 
what I'm saying is my connection. Or that Jeff Brom is subhuman or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Right, right. Yeah, I totally don't. What you I'm mean. saying that yeah. my they don't. Uh, I don't evaluate them, and they don't represent anything more than a sports ball coach to me. Right. And so I don't. And I think for Kenny, there are a lot of people who I think rightly he represents more than that, and they're very reluctant to let that go. And I understand every minute of that. And then I think there are just some contrarians who refuse to admit that they were wrong. And those people, they get whatever they deserve. Sure. Uh, Texter, uh, KP has won two games against teams, uh, Western Kentucky and Clemson, that finished with a winning record. Western then fired its coach. Uh, the other five have come against uh, teams with a record of 42-82. and 82. Georgia Tech also uh, fired their coach. New Mexico State blew an eight-point lead. Um, and UMBC didn't have all their players. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, on a prayer, I should say, uh, UMBC lost. Yeah, I mean – we get i mean those those things are they stand up uh the the person who keeps texting me that the beth haven coach is available i love you thank you very much for doing that please keep that up every day i am so glad that you understood i was not being sarcastic i would love to see that text every day i appreciate it very much um texter oh man imagine kenny getting fired after the uk game and cal bringing him back the rivalry hatred would turn toxic i totally disagree with that take i i I think if Kenny Payne went back and coached in Kentucky, do you think people would get even more angry at that? I think I think four and twenty eight is enough. Uh, no, I disagree. Uh, if anything, interesting, okay. uh, Louis. I think if he were to to like immediately go back, I mean they have a full bench, so let's be real here. Sure, uh, he'd have to fire somebody. But if he immediately went back to Kentucky, I feel like that would sort of reignite or cement in a whole lot of people's heads that this was like an inside job i swear to you lou i'm not saying i know it's i know i've seen the text but you would get people to be like see he finished his mission and he returned home like i'm telling you the, the, there are a lot of those people that are out there uh, and that stuff is not true but it's not refutable by the evidence <laughs> that's the problem sure. for kenny he doesn't behave like someone who isn't that uh, to a whole lot of people uh, me included sometimes i mean i just mm. think some of this stuff has been so uh, ham-fisted in the way that he has handled things and the way that he has dug in in the worst places. I mean, think about the places where he sort of has drawn a line. It's like, I'm going to push back here. Uh, Karan Davis? Right, right. Like, what? Right. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, if he were to go right back to Kentucky, now, nah, man, I, I I think that the outcry would be enormous. Okay. And let's just, even if he doesn't, just imagine what's going to happen on Thursday night. When they announce the intros like when they introduce the starting lineups and the coaches he's going to get a rousing applause from 15,000 UK fans <laughs> you're right there you go yeah go ahead keep going no that's it that's it. I was just saying he might as well be back at UK when that happens yeah I um so you know let's go let's go down that rabbit hole real quick then we'll take a break why do you think he stuck up for Karan Davis the way that he did is it just his nature does is the kid you know, is I shouldn't say the kid. Is Cron Davis a like a likable guy that's just had a tough past? Like, what what do you think is going on there? Is this the the, the player's first kind of model? Like, is it all of those things? What, what do you think was going on there? Why? Because eventually, when the press releases come out and they're like, "Well, we were trying to be nice to the kid," it, it doesn't matter. It just means that you lied five times to me. It, it's not, it, to me. It, eventually, it turns into a lie rather than being kind to a kid. What says Mark Ennis? All right, I'm going to make a, an analogy here, and I just I want you to bear with me because it's not really about the politics at all. But just please bear with me. I'm bearing. Back in back in 2016, okay. Trump was asked about abortion, okay, and whether he'd want it to be outlawed. And typically, 
the, the sort of the more conservative position. You, you don't want it to be legal, but you don't want like mo- mothers to be arrested for it. You know, like it's sure. just not something that you feel like should be legal. And then when he was being interviewed uh, about that, he's basically they asked him, like, do you want the women to, to go to jail for this, mm-hmm. too? And he's like, yes. And you're like, wait, whoa, whoa. You know you're supposed to be against abortion, but you don't really know the the ins and outs of it. You sure, don't know sure. the nuances of the position that keep you from saying something dumb. I think that's what happened with Karan Davis. He's like, mm-hmm. I should be, I should stick up for the kid, take care of the kid, and then didn't know how to do all of that in a way that was nuanced enough to not just lie to everyone's faces and make yourself look silly. Mm. And, and that's what this was. So I think the, the goal was noble. The, uh, the principle that he was going by of trying to you know just be on the side of the players no matter what is all fine, but you, that's not the way you do it with what he did there. And I think it's especially sad in his case – People have been dying for him to show a willingness to enforce a bottom line. Here he does it right. and doesn't let any of us see him do it to where you get a little respect and a little encouragement out of him doing some enforcement for once. Uh, I mean, this man sat in a press conference over the summer and said, I let guys who didn't believe play last year because I didn't have a choice. Mm. And now here's a chance to say, look, we brought him in. Uh, it, it, the specifics of it don't matter, but as the head coach, he didn't meet the standards of the program. We had to let him go. There's absolutely nothing damaging to the kid about that. Right. You could have done that, and it would have been a PR win. And instead, tried to do it the way that he did it, and he just ended up lying a lot and still ended up with egg on his face, kind of getting trolled by Karan tweeting his report card and stuff. So couldn't have been worse. Had a noble goal and a horrible execution. Uh, Taxter, I agree with everything Mark's saying, except that Brom is not human. He's a god. All right, uh, let's uh, (laughs) tell you about my friends at DraftKings. Uh, All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. And DraftKings Sportsbook is delivering big time. They got you covered for all your basketball bets, plus a special present uh, for new customers to unwrap. This, This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets by just betting $5 on basketball. An instant dub just for you. Upgrade your bet slip this NBA season with DraftKings. New and improved same-game parlay anywhere features. Now, you can build the same-game parlays anywhere with any additional step without any additional steps needed. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today to experience all the new features, including live, leg, live parlay leg tracking, player pages, and much more. So uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code WHBE. New customers get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with the code WHBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+. Physically present in Kentucky. Eligibility deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. On the other end, we'll continue with Mark. We do it next year on ESPN 680, 105.7. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. 
When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. Listening to Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. Texter, anti Trump slander and music with lyrics. Dan's not here anymore. Texter, uh, I will accept almost any replacement uh, except naming one of the assistant coaches. Uh, the term head coach uh, is all they got uh, to go. Uh, Texter, I'm all in on the anti Trump record. Thank you, CNN Ennis. Issel would fall over if he were actually listening. Texter, could there be something <laughs> to the Karan Davis altercation controversy that might involve the departure of the U of L coach? And look, I, I <clears throat> a lot of that, Mark, is uh, to use a, a term hearsay, right? I mean, it's just it's it, it's just things that you hear and, and whatever else. It, it also came at a time when it was uh, uh, it would have been very advantageous to many U of L fans for that to be there for a, for a, a uh, essentially for a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for. They could fire him with cause, excuse me. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much I believe that just because of, of the timing texture. Hey, Louie asked Mark if he saw Jalen Withers giving L's down in the game Saturday. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. It doesn't bother me, but it's really strange considering they were in a barn burner with Kentucky. <laughs> Look, I can only help so much. Mark, did you see that? I did tweet it out because uh, uh, a uh, listener. I did to see that. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, what was he doing? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine? You get to go play basketball at North Carolina, and you're you're doing L's down about a school. You, I, I just don't get it. I, th- Do you think he knew he was doing L's down? <sighs> it's a great question. Does he think it just applies to schools in in the state of Kentucky? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's weird, right? It like, is it's very it's weird. It's an odd thing. Hey, <sighs> I will say, you know, in kind of Kenny's uh, one thing in Kenny's uh, pro column, I guess, okay. uh, is that none of these guys that left have done a damn thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even L. Ellis is, is sort of uh, been in the doghouse a little bit uh, with, with with Arkansas, but Sidney Curry, like they had a a good win a couple of weeks ago, and I looked and he only played like three minutes and had one point or something like that. Like, uh, think about these guys. Like, none of them, Fabio, Devin Ree, like where none of these guys did a thing. None of them. Do you think L. Ellis is asking uh, Musselman, "Hey, why don't? What do you mean I don't just get to play and do whatever I want?" I think you no, know, I don't think he has I don't think he's asking. I don't think he thinks he can't do that. <laughs> right. He just does it right. <laughs> I don't think he's had the realization that that's not the expectation. I uh, I don't know, man. You I, brought it you up. Know what I, I Go think, ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I, I L. Ellis had the some of the whiniest body language I've ever seen. Sure. And so did Jalen Withers. And I think that Chris Mack had a thing for whiny players. <laughs> like I think he really thought he I think he had he thought he could get something out of him. I don't know what that's about uh but but he did just a big and, and i think if you ask yeah. <laughs> yeah just not curmudgeons no curmudgeons are aggressive <laughs> 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 Paul, 
palms up. You know what I mean? Just yeah. eh, all the time. Uh, and, and it's funny because I listen to you know do talk to Lieberman sometimes. We both sure. do this. You know about watching the game. And one of the things he complains about uh, regularly is these guys are always talking to the refs. Mm. Shut up and play. Yeah, and I, I think if you ask the average Louisville fan, one thing they would love is just a feeling that the guys that are out there are just a whole lot tougher between the ears than the group that's out there the last couple of years. And that goes back even to, to Max uh, last year. Just a whole lot of slump shoulders and, and kind of passive whiny body language. Uh, it is not the sort of thing that rallies support to you at all. All right, so the game is on Thursday. They'll play UK uh, at the Um Center. Uh, I will ask the um, requisite questions, and then we'll get into some fun stuff. But uh, what percentage of the crowd is U of L fans? Fifteen. Woo! Fifteen to twenty. Ooh, that's low, man. Yeah. Oh man. You know what? The, I mean, the, what, what do you, do you, uh, no, you but that's a big, lower than you think. A big part of that, though, and I I don't know that you're wrong. A big part of that is twofold, right? Is is apathy, but also. It, BBN, right? <laughs> like that needs to be said. Like the, yeah, right. They, they just show right. up to stuff, right? I mean, it just is the case. So yeah. I'm sure there were a bunch of blue sweatshirts on Sunday against Pepperdine, right? <laughs> just because that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. No, I, I think I, I think. It, it, well, I wonder. My, I think the only debate to really have is how many of the seats that would be occupied by U of L fans just stay empty, mm. and how many get sold to people who are Kentucky fans. And I, I think a lot of Louisville fans are trying to sort of do their own personal moral calculus mm. about do I sell my tickets to someone who's almost assuredly a UK fan because U of L fans aren't out there trying to buy these tickets right now. No. Do I do that and make my money back because UK fans are going to want to be here and I can sort of probably charge something exorbitant for this? Uh, or do I not because I just can't live with myself letting UK fans in and I just sit on these because they're definitely not going to the game, you know, by and large. I've not seen the get in price or what that might cost, but uh, I got to imagine uh, the FOIA request for that one will be a little bit different uh, than other games. Uh, what do you think ends up happening in the game? Um, I, I It bothers me a little that there's more talked about if Cal's going to be nice than about the actual game, uh, but I'll let you uh, sort of have a, a tabla rasa there where you can just kind of talk as, uh, about whatever you want. Uh, how do you think the game goes? Uh, I, I don't think that he's going to be – as uh, anger, you know, uh, uh, got something to show Rick Pitino and Chris Mack, which is a, a thing he hated both of those guys yep. for different reasons, but yep. he hated them both. He does not hate Kenny. Uh, but Calipari also is not very far removed from being on super-duper-duper thin ice uh, with people over there. Uh, and one of the things that has always kept him above that ice is how he has performed against Lowell. Same thing with Mark Stoops. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that insulates you against a whole – it absorbs a lot of heat. Uh, and he's not going to fool around with giving that away because I can't think of anything that would be more damaging to him, uh, given everything that's happened lately, than losing to this Louisville team. I also wonder, Ken, too like, – There's no way. Just with how UK plays and, – and Mark and I do a podcast uh, together uh, with, with uh, Jay Davis and Coach Lieberman called 40 Minutes of Pod. We'll actually tape tonight – and one of the things we talk about on the show is is the style of play that Kentucky's playing this year. And, you know, we've heard, Cal, you know, Cal after the game on Saturday was talking about how, oh, it's so hard for him because he just has to bite his lip and let the guys make mistakes while they, you know, move into the top 10 in the country and they have a bunch of guys who look like lottery picks. Yeah, it's got to be real tough uh, to, to coach that kind of team. I don't know that given how they play, he could actually stop them from blowing L out. 
I think they just play a style where they're just going to score a lot, a lot of easy layups, that kind of thing. I, I just I don't trust U of L to show up on the defensive end in a meaningful way where what UK does is going to get slowed down at the Yum Center on Thursday. Yeah, I think that uh, you know if you think about where Louisville struggles the most, and it's the place that I, to me is is always the biggest indictment of of oversight of the coaching is they struggle most in all of the places that require uh, total team adherence and total team participation. That's the defensive end. That is uh, late in possessions, everyone knowing what their responsibilities are and being on the exact same page. When it, when, you know, when the, the initial action has sort of been stopped, now here comes the counterpunch. Louisville is almost always out of position. That's when you get the backdoor cut, the wide-open guy into the basket, whatever it might be. You know, that stuff. And on the offensive end, uh, being crisp and everyone being decisive and reading these, uh, what the defense is doing exactly the same way because they've just drilled it into oblivion, those are the places where they are the worst. Mm. And Kentucky is just very, very, very well suited to eat all of that up uh, with, with both their athletes and the clarity uh, with which they play. You know, Cal has a way of doing things. He has honed it over a very long period of time. He's gotten very good at it, and he's gotten very good at getting them ready for this one. Uh, and I, I think he, even if in his heart of hearts he would love to take it easy, he can't. Right. Not, not even necessarily because he doesn't have control or something. Like you, I think you would risk a morale issue with your own team if you go in there and be like, guys, let's beat Louisville, but not by that much. That's why they came there. Right. And I just feel like it would be a a very risky kind of morale move on his part to try and play fast and loose with that game just to save his friend's feelings. Mark Ennis with us. You can find him on the drive three to six over there on 93.9 The Ville across the hall. And, of course, um, as part of the pre – you are essentially the pregame show for many things as well, so make sure you're tuned in to Mark. Over there across the hall, 93.9, you're home for the cards. All right, so what do you think the pain timeline is here? Uh, Everyone is just assuming they're not going to win on Thursday. Let's go ahead and do the thought experiment. Let's say they win on Thursday. What does that change for Josh Hurd's timeline and decision? What? Are you at- <laughs> I mean. I just give you a stroke? <laughs> yeah. I was like, sure. I was worried I zoned out. <laughs> and I didn't. I just, uh, there's, I can't imagine. Uh, Sky Clark goes eight for eleven from three. Let's, I mean, let's just play it out, right? Uh, Trey White doesn't miss any layups, right? I, I mean, I'm, 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 I am grasping at straws, but let's do the thought experiment. I like to think, Mark. It's All right, okay. let's just say, yeah, they they yeah. make uh, fifteen threes, right? Uh, as a team, and they and win eighty two eighty somehow. It's just it is what it is. Uh, what what happens to Kenny Payne? You think he probably finishes the whole year? Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, because you've got twelve days after this or whatever it is before the Virginia game. And it, you know what's funny? Here's here's what it'll be. It'll either be it saves him for the rest of the year because you're gonna have two weeks to just sit in that. Oh yeah. Of him winning that game, and I, and I mean that in a good way. I don't want to sound like I'd be mad that, that happened. If they beat UK, like that'd be hilarious. Yeah, right. right. Uh, <laughs> like that would be amazing. Let's not uh, take away from the fact that even if you feel like there needs to be a change made here, this Louisville team beating that Kentucky team would be hysterical in the best way. Uh, and, and probably would would last for quite a while, uh, but I don't think it changes anything about from here forward. And you do at least have the uh, the possibility of major whiplash going from beating Kentucky, were it to happen, 
mm. uh, to then having 12 days and then playing freaking Virginia and the you know the murder ball that they play. Uh, and Louisville is even less equipped to handle that than they are UK on Thursday. So it would be funny to see them sort of go from the whiplash of one uh, to the other. Uh, but, I, I mean, gosh, Louis, I mean, don't you think it would it would be major fuel in the tank to have won that game to at least finish the year? What do you lose at that point? I totally agree with you, actually. I think it does change things. And and that's it's a reminder of the just the nature of the, the, the landscape in this state, how much the game matters. And it's why, by the way, it's a more important game than Duke-North Carolina, right? Because you get one chance, and it is it is legitimately – I mean, if if coaches win that game, people talk about it forever. I wanted to ask you because James Strebel, someone asked him early in his show yesterday, what's more important, the UofL win or, you know, would you take a loss against UofL on Thursday to win the national title? And he said no. Now, I think he's out of his freaking mind, so I immediately went to Twitter and, and, you know, put the poll up because I think it's it's a horrendously bad take. But even in his mind, for the Jefferson County UK fan – Right, there is something to that. Um, would you take a win over UK on Thursday if it meant you, you know, Louisville lost the rest of their games, or would you rather them lose on Thursday and then end up rallying and making the tournament? Which one would Mark Ennis rather have? Wow, that's a great way to sort of flip that dilemma uh, the other way around for Louisville. Uh, I'm, it's called I professional sports to... talk radio, Mark. That's what this is. Oh, I hear you, buddy. No, you <laughs> caught me. You caught me flat-footed just a little bit. Um, I just I can't in good conscience like sign up for something that would I know that would I would never want to pick either one of those. Right. Uh, but I'm always in favor of beating UK. Sure. Uh, so I, I think because I just don't think he's he's going to end up showing himself to be viable long term. I would right. take the Kentucky win okay. and let the future play itself out. Uh, but to be able to have that now, let me let me go back to. You know, Strebel and kind of the dilemma that was being thrown out there on their sure. side. He says he'd rather have the U of L win. Yeah, it's not true. But how often do you really ever hear anyone in the rivalry debate or arguing or whatever rancor bring up 1998? Mm. It never gets brought up. Right. Louisville beat them in 98 with like a sub 500 team and they won the national championship that year. And you know what happened in 98? They won the national championship that year and that's all anyone remembers. Correct. Talk about something. I, I think Strebel's right. dead wrong. Just dead wrong about that. You win a national championship, it trumps everything. Um, <laughs> all right, so what is the pain timeline? Let's assume on the other side of the thought experiment that uh, the game goes the way uh, that many of us think it will on Thursday. Let's let's peg a final score even. 84-62, Kentucky wins the game. Um, what is the pain timeline? Do you expect that they'll use that transition between UK and Virginia as a, a place to put in a, a an interim coach at this point? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do think that that makes the most sense uh, because I think it's going to be, if it plays out that way, the soup of another bad loss to Kentucky, uh, the the way it will look, the mood in that arena, mm-hmm. Kentucky fans doing, you know, go big blue chants everywhere in the Yum Center. You know, it will just be too much to expect anyone to want this to, to continue forward. And you do have a long period, relatively speaking, a long period of time where they are not in school mm, right. uh, to to try to put something together. But I think if you did that, I'm not, I'm not sure you would – I don't know who they want to elevate 
to an interim role if they do, or if they would just want to like bring in people from the outside. I mean, I don't. There doesn't seem to me to be a good. Uh, everyone just sort of root for this guy, like Mike Pegues. None of those guys on that bench are Mike Pegues. That's correct. In terms of being likable, and you could rally to them. You know, I hear a lot of you've even lobbied for Nolan Smith, and I understand the logic there. Sure, but he he's not likable either, right? Uh, but you might be able to root for him there. So I think one of the reasons you just haven't heard anything at all is that there are a lot of moving pieces. I think that would need to be nailed down at exactly the same time that you just can't sort of piecemeal this out there. We're making a move. Well, who's going to coach? Well, we'll see. Right. Like you, right. you got to get all of that done at the same time, but. What's the buy you know, How does are, that work? Right. All those things. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Who's sliding up? Yeah. All that sort of thing. All has to get done at the same time. And I would add to it for everyone. They call the show. They call my show every day. They're texting in. They're on social media, basically kind of daring Josh to do something because they just can't stand it anymore. Sure. Uh, and, and, and interpreting his public silence as endorsement of this or a willingness to endure this. And I, I'd look at it just the opposite. If if he was dead set right now on Kenny finishing the season, he would say that. I agree with that. We would be hearing. I agree with that. Put this conversation away. Yep. And I think the fact that he's not saying anything is not good for Kenny. Is just as important as him coming out and saying something that might portend, you know, getting rid of Kenny down the road here. I, I, I think we're. I think there's a really, really good chance Thursday's his last game. I bring up this point only because I think it's it's part of the the larger conversation. It's I. I start with this disclaimer because it's not a criticism. Something that Drew has talked about on the show before this one is he's worried about a faction of fans that will say you did not give Kenny enough time. He needs to, you know, he wants them to sit in this, right, is essentially the idea. In your mind, is any part of the motivation to keep him through the Kentucky game to embarrass him in front of UK fans? God, no, no, I, I, I don't. So it's purely timing. Not, it's purely getting that break where there's actually a clean break of about two weeks and they can get a new structure in place is what you're getting at? I, that's what I think is the primary uh, delay. Uh, and, and I think, by the way, it's just to be cynical here, gets you past or gets you well past kind of the semester break when guys might enter the portal and go somewhere else. Mm. I mean, you do have to have a team, and I'm sure that that is at least part of it uh, to, to do that part. But I think more than anything else – I don't think it's about embarrassing Kenny, but I I do think it's like here's the Kentucky game. It's going to be it's going to feel very much if it goes the way we expect, barring something, you know, miraculous. It'll it'll feel like enough already. Not about embarrassing Kenny as much as no one can honestly look at this and say this is we should keep there's there's light at the end of this tunnel. You know, I think it, it will just – it will feel – if they're down by 19 and Kentucky's dunking and they're chanting go Big Blue on every possession and stuff, everyone's going to have the collective, mm. all right, enough already. Right. And I, I think that's what it's really about is is he's going to turn around and say, like, all right, it's time to make a move. I, I dare one of you to please tell me I'm being I'm being rash here, you know, by doing this. And, right. and I, I, I've not heard – it's been stark. It really has. Barely anyone railing, you know, for Kenny and his defense anymore. You just, you just don't hear it anymore. It, it feels like the clarity I thought we would all need. We pretty much all have. 
Yeah, and those people don't even show up to the games. Uh, they care about Kenny Payne and not the program, in my opinion. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk Brom uh, recruiting in a quick segment to close the hour. First hour of our show presented by Kentucky Tourism at KentuckyTourism.com. Check them out on socials at Facebook and on Instagram. Great pictures from around the Commonwealth. Uh, check them out, KentuckyTourism.com. One more segment with Mark. We do it next here at ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working, keep going, and keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. A final segment here, 10 o'clock hour, hanging out with Mark Ennis as we do every Tuesday. First hour of this show presented by Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. All right, let's get into the football side of things and uh, smile a little bit. Um, uh, portal, go. No, I'm kidding. Uh, look, you know, I, I I tapped the brakes last week and kind of asked the question, Is it is it championship building? to grab guys from Harvard and Yale and then uh, 73 other guys uh, committed in the portal that like an hour after the show ended. Um, what do you think he's doing? Uh, because I, I, the strategy seems to be, Mark, a mix of getting guys that are at the top of their their spots, like a Ja'Cory Brooks, right? And then getting a bunch of guys who might be more in the building depth sort of thing. Uh, it seems to be, frankly, a pretty comprehensive look at the portal from the Brom folks. The other part of it is 14 high school players are committed to sign at Louisville. Do you think this is the way forward for Brom and for other people in the power conferences where you go get 14, 15 kids out of high school and then you fill in the rest with transfers? Is this, and then, you know, you let Northern Illinois send you a, an O-line commit. You let FIU send you a, a cornerback commit. Is that, or excuse me, I guess that was uh, Central Florida. Is that the way forward, you think? Is that probably how he's going to navigate this in the next couple of years? I do, and I, and here's why. Uh, if you get on 24-7, I think this is the wave of the future. I think this is going to be the standard operating procedure for everyone that's not a perennial college football playoff contender. So basically, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, uh uh, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, USC, Oregon. Uh, here's why. Looking at 24-7s, like their recruiting rankings, sure. with just high school players, here's your top 10. Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, Texas, Miami, Oklahoma, Oregon, Notre Dame, Florida. Are you going to get to a those? blue blood at some point? Because that was just a list of nobodies. 
Now, here's the transfer team's <laughs> rankings. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, just transfers. Tell me if you spot a difference okay. in this list. Yep. Ole Miss is number one. Wow. Ole Miss, Colorado. Yep. Stop. Refreshing. This is obnoxious. I don't know how many times <laughs> I hit this button by accident You're here. You're good. Uh, this is killing me. Ole Miss, Colorado, Louisville, TCU, Arizona State, NC State, South Carolina, Texas Tech, Notre Dame, Washington. That's the top ten in the transfer portal rankings. Mm. It is the place. Here's how I've chosen uh, to think about the willingness to do more business in the portal instead of having to you know just sort of picking your spots like some of the, the, the big boys do. Think of these guys as shorter-term commitments that are more known than basically the bottom half of every one of these recruiting classes in the past, where you're just taking quality, standard three-star guys and hoping they work out, mm. which is what Louisville and Kentucky and South Carolina and Mississippi sure. State yep. and Baylor yep. and Arizona, like the – you have Purdue, to live on Iowa State, Minnesota, exactly. Yep. You yep. have to Absolutely. live. You, your program survives on those. That's yep. what you stay alive with. If not, and then when you really nail it, you thrive with those. I think these coaches are looking at this and saying, "I can, I can be more focused and intentional in my high school recruiting, and then I can take the same, basically roll the same dice, but with a whole lot more data on what I know about these guys." and fill my roster up that way, and occasionally pick my spots and find some guys that are really impactful from lower levels. And I think Louisville just – Louisville's always going to have to be shrewd and uh, you know, sort of pick out the proverbial diamond in the rough and, and make more hay with them uh, than, than some of the other schools who just have larger margins for error. Mm-hmm. You know, the Ja'Cory Brooks is a really great example. You know, Louisville is rolling the dice with two guys in particular, Tyler Shuck, the quarterback, and Ja'Cory Brooks. Both these guys have major injury issues, have had major injury issues. Sure. So that might hurt them. But they'd never have them on their roster otherwise. Yes, right. You're going to roll the dice if you get them healthy. You've got Alabama and Oregon's former five-star players out there playing for you. And if you can keep them healthy, you can do just fine. I, I, this is an ongoing discussion you and I seem to have every week. And Mark Ennis with us. He's the host of The Drive over on 93.9 at 3 o'clock. <clears throat> How important is this bowl game? And far fewer players on the L side have opted out than on the Southern Cal side. And I think we kind of expected that. But... How important is this bowl game for the momentum of the season? We've brought it up. Look, three straight losses um, in uh, you know to, to end this season probably not the way you want to. Uh, I don't want to call it a thud to end the season, but you know it takes a little bit of the, the shine off of a ten win season. Uh, not a lot, and not all of it for sure, but it can take some of it. How important is the bowl game at this point? You know, Louis, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to be totally yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I'm not trying to weasel out. It's the worst sports radio answer imaginable. Right. I don't know. I don't know how much it matters. Uh, I don't know how much last year's bowl game really mattered. It beats losing. Mm. Like, it does. And you're right. I don't think anyone wants to see them lose the last three games uh, of the season. It'll it'll have a little bit of a 2016 feel to it uh, if, you, if you do that. Uh, but, again, I really just don't know how much it matters to anybody. It looks like there's, like, a full-scale rebellion at USC. Mm. You know, like they're – hemorrhaging players and, and coaches alike uh there but I, I i don't i don't know how much it would add to this season and i don't know how much it would take away mm. it's going to be a different group of guys out there for both teams i mean right. I, yep. really, I, it's a mystery to it. me what it will mean yep. based I, I do not know I'll, I'll tell you after the game <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't do you 
I think if they go out there and they look really good, I think it'll be very comforting for U of L fans. That's what I think. I, I think it'll be a comfort. It'll be a reminder that hey, you know, getting to <laughs> jackasses. I love our text line. Uh, the uh, just the. I just think the optics of winning that game, I, I, again, you know, people still talk about the Alabama Bowl win, and that was a terrible Alabama team, right? I mean, just, I, I think I think there is a there is a level of, I mean, because honestly, how many U of L fans are going to watch that game? I think a lot, right? Oh, just absolutely. because of its scheduling yeah. and all those things. And, and I think people are going to be, I, I, think it, I think it does matter to the fans. I think it does. I, I would be, you're way more tapped in, obviously, on the 93-9 side, but I think it does matter to fans. And I do think it's an opportunity, you know, hemorrhaging players or not, to go beat a team with, with the best pants in college football. Let's call them what they are, by the way. They just look fast. I don't know what it is. Those damn USC pants. Uh, I, no, you know, I, think Louis, I, do, I think it's a real positive I do think. I do think Louisville has not progressed so far as a football program that they should dismiss the value of whatever – Yes, I've been saying inhabit, this for in, two months. Yes, inhabit the you. uniforms. Yes. Going out there and beating USC is still meaningful. That is true. You're a hundred percent right. So it's not that there's no value. I I'm not able to tell you with any kind of uh, meaningful uh, sense how much any of it means. But it's not nothing. It is not nothing. You're absolutely right about that. Especially if in this one, if you if you get some guys playing because you're not going to have Jamari Thrash, you're not going to have George Jordan. Like if you get some younger guys who play really well in this one, it'll be a nice cap to the season. But it'll also be kind of an exciting look forward. Like, hey, maybe there right. won't be a big drop-off with some of these guys being gone. I think my two coaching hot takes were that I think Brent Venables is going to work at Oklahoma and that I thought Lincoln Riley wouldn't work at USC. And I think we're, we're pretty close to me actually being right about those ridiculous takes. Like, go. I did want isn't to it amazing? Add, yeah. Well, isn't it amazing like how it really does look like it's just not working at USC. Like, not, not working. only is he That's not right. sort of not getting it, like he's not nailing it. It looks like there's some real antagonism there, and he's suspending credentials for the LA Times and stuff. Like he's being combative in a way that doesn't fit LA. Quite yes, frankly. right, that, that, right. That's what I would say. Right. He's being SEC head coach in LA. Boom. Boom. That's, that's totally not going to work. It's not going to work. That's right. Uh, do you know who he reminds me of? Is, is Lane Kiffin 20 years ago? Hmm. I think he's got that, I don't want to say falling up thing about him, because I think he's a better coach than that, but I think whatever his whatever his approach to it is, like you just brought he hasn't up. He skinned his knees enough yet. Yeah, I think that's probably it. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that he'll be out of coaching anytime soon. That's not what I'm suggesting by saying I don't think it'll work at Southern Cal. I just think he doesn't have the maturity yet. And I think eventually he'll figure it out after getting his ass kicked a couple times. He just, he, he, he really does, he strikes me as a guy who never, who's, never gotten, who's never gotten punched in the face. I, I, I really, I think it's just never. What do you ha- think Big Ten life's going to be like for them? Uh, seriously, I, I, I think they're in for it. I do too. I do. I do too. I think both LA schools are really in for it. I really do. I, I, I think Oregon I think will figure Oregon, it out. I think Washington will figure it yep. out. But I, I think this. It's interesting. The first two to commit to the, to the conference are going to be the ones that struggle the most. Last question for you, Mark Ennis, and we'll get you out of here. The more I think about it, the more I think Pierce Clarkson's the quarterback next year. What says Mark Ennis? Who do you think ends up being the quarterback next year? I don't think that's the plan necessarily, uh, but I think it is a possibility for sure. I do. I mean, Tyler Shucks had real injury issues. Jack Plummer did not. Uh, And I think he brings some of the mobility element and is a tough kid. He is a little small. He doesn't have a rocket arm. Uh, But I think he has – 
Sometimes when a guy doesn't have like all the physical things that blow you away, not six five rocket arm, all that stuff. Sometimes those guys are self aware enough to know I better do everything they tell me. Right? Like I've got to maximize what they tell me to do and coach up every little thing to just sort of maximize who I am. Sometimes those guys are the best mm-hmm. because they know they need the system. They know they need all of these technical points and that's where I think I think Pierce Clarkson has a chance to be that guy. Yep. And his dad is a quarterback guy. His uh, Dennis Erickson is his godfather. Like you're, he's going to take quarterback coaching. I, I definitely I don't know if he'll be the starter, but I don't think that they are just going to hand it to Tyler Shuck like they did Jack Plummer. Interesting. I definitely don't think that. All right, well, he's Mark Ennis. A uh, couple hours, he'll be over on uh, the drive after playing chauffeur uh, during the middle of the day it is know. that week. Um, hey, Mark, obviously we're not going to be uh, together next week uh, on this date uh, because uh, we are off the day after Christmas, So, uh, and obviously Christmas on Monday. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. I know it's uh, it's uh, for you as well an important day, and so uh, to your family, uh, to all your kids. Uh, I hope it, it, it turns out as well as it possibly can. Well, and same uh, to you and yours as well. I know it'll be um, less stressful than a year ago for both of us, uh, I think. And I'm glad for that. Yeah, uh, for very different reasons. I appreciate it very much. He's Mark Ennis at Mark Ennis on Twitter, uh, host of The Drive over there on 93.9. Mark, I, I really do appreciate these visits, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Mark. First hour of our show, of course, was brought to you by Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, uh, we'll bring Zach into the show a little bit. Uh, Dylan Rayola gives us something to talk about in the middle of the winter. We talk about it next.